Hello and welcome to episode one of Nerdy Up North's first ever podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Paul. Hi. Uh, hi. <laughs> and this is take two. <laughs> yes, uh, we did try this the other day and I messed up, so... Um, you did not. You're not going to miss much, so don't worry. No. But, um, so this is a, a podcast to accompany the website. Mm-hmm. And Paul's now going to just tell you a little bit about the website and our amazing Facebook page. Yeah, um, like I said, during lockdown, everything's getting a bit tough. So looked for a bit of a creative output. And me being, like I say, a massive nerd and geek and love all things pop culture, decided to write about things that made us happy. So I created a website, Nerdy Up North, which is www.nerdyupnorth.co.uk. And uh, Sam got involved helping us write a few reviews a few articles and a few upcoming things a few other people have jumped on board which has been great and like i say the facebook group now is starting to take off it's um nerdy up north community uh, easy to find and it's access to everyone and it's grown every day which is great 600 plus now yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, I think it's been going now for two months. I'm um, over 620-odd, I think, that was the last count. Um, if, but... Yeah, if you like nostalgia, if you like <laughs> a good a good debate, you're going to get it on there, the Facebook page, because there is some crapping people on there. Some very opinionated northerners up there as well. <laughs> but not nasty. I've not seen one person be nasty. Like, no. There's no toxicity whatsoever in that group. The way I would describe it is going to the pub with your mates and having a conversation, say, with who would win out of Superman and Batman. That, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I don't know what my answer would be. <laughs> always Batman. Um, it's not always Batman. <laughs> even, even though Superman's more powerful, Batman is that much clever and he would never go into a fight without a plan. Spoken like a true Batman fan there. <laughs> <laughs> so... The podcast is going to be broken up into sections. Sections, and um, the first one being we're going to just talk about the news, and then the main section of it is going to be our top five. I always want to say top five at five, but it's it's not five. So our top five of dot dot dot. So we're just going to go into it's going to be last week's news because nothing really. I checked earlier and there was nothing nothing new. So last week's news we had the Ghostbusters teaser trailer. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Um, very interesting. I know our opinions are a little bit different on this. You got very, very excited about it. <laughs> really excited. Warning signs popped up and we're going, oh no, is this going to be a cheese fest? But um, like I say, Paul Rudd's in it, so it can't be too bad, I guess. <laughs> no, I, I just, I love it. I, anything that comes out of Ghostbusters, I don't care what it is, I'm on, I'm on it. And I know fine well that them little mini marshmallows or safe puff marshmallows, I should say, are going to be a toy down the road. That's my I'm concern. Gonna, I'm going to own one. Have they been brought into it just to sell toys, though? That's Because I know every, the marketplace now, everyone wants the baby Groku, the ba- baby Yoda type aspect. Um, I've got loads. <laughs> so that's the thing. I, jump, I jumped on that bandwagon pretty quickly, even me notebook. <laughs> It's got Grogu on it. I've got a builder bear that I got for Christmas. I'm 38 people, and I said, I've got a builder bear. <laughs> I've got two actually. See, I've got the, a, the builder bear's just brought out in Alice in Wonderland range, so. 
Well, that was one thing on the um, Facebook page I didn't get a chance to put on, and I wish I did, but it's not finished. I've got, I don't have, I don't know if you would cast this as nerdy, but I've got nerdy tattoos. I've got Alice in Wonderland ones, yep, done by our culture. good friend Beth. Um, she's one on me, one on me right leg, which is, uh, you know, the, you know, the caterpillar. Yes. Well, it's not the caterpillar. You know, the, the pipey smokes. Mm -hmm. It's that. And it's got blue flames going up. It's like blue smoke puffing in the middle of it. It says, who are you? All right. So it's basically the, the words. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. And then the other one is like, a, like an almost a sleeve. And oh, if Beth is listening to this, we started this in 2013. It's not finished because so okay with that. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm gonna wait until the, I do want it finished because obviously it's just an outline, but it's gonna look class when it's finished. Mm. Um, and I, I, I do. I'm just gonna drop her a message and say, listen, when you, when you, when you can, just get us fitted in because it needs help. a colouring. <laughs> Please help. No, uh, Please help me. I'm sure she'll help you. Oh, every tattoo I've got that actually is worth looking at is done by her. I won't let anyone mm -hmm. else touch us. Not me feet are fantastic. I mean, my feet are my favourite tattoos. I absolutely love them. And the least painful ones as well. But yeah, oh. uh, they are my nerdy tattoos as my Alice in <laughs> Wonderland ones. No, about it. no, it's just done a few on me. Like, see, I've always thought about getting a Ghostbusters tattoo as well, but I've never seen anything that I really wanted other than Ghostbusters sign. But to be honest, it's... Um, Bit overdone now, yeah, and it can it, it it might not look great either. <laughs> Depends where you get, and can't, can't really get it on the ass, and then no one will see it. But basically, um, that's true. But yeah, but like I said, going back to what you were talking about, the the Ghostbusters, I, I am very excited. Afterlife, I think it's been moved back to November now, so just in my birthday month. Um, Yay. like I said, I'm loving the fact that it's a follow up. It's not a reboot. It's basically got the original cast in that we know nothing. About about their parts, what we're looking mm -hmm. at, which again excites us quite a lot. And um, like, see Paul Rudd, I, I'll watch him in anything, even in Clueless. He was great in that. Fantastic in Clueless. <laughs> I am. Um, I'm really excited, especially the fact that yes, it's in the same universe. Mm. Um, I didn't. I don't mind answer the call. I'm not gonna. I, I I don't mind watching it. I don't mind the fact that it's not. It's outside of the. The original Ghostbusters universe. It's just, it is what it is. Um, mm. I didn't hate on it. I thought it was a fun watch. Chris Hemsworth's decent in it though. Like he's he's the same in Grace, which you never think yeah, of him as a comedy actor, but he was hilarious enough. He was so funny in it. Um, but this is just, I didn't have any expectations, and mm. I still don't. So I'm just willing to strap myself in and see what happens. I know fine well I'll love whatever they put on there. They could just have the music playing for an hour and a half of <laughs> who you're going to call and I'd still end up loving it. Um, when the trailer got brought out, I think it was a, a new one a few months ago, when you hear like Venkman's uh, voice call it fate, like, you get goosebumps oh, just because like I said, it brings back the memories thinking about Ghostbusters. But um, like say, I love it. I'm, I'm loving the fact that it's Egon's family. Well, it's hinted that it's Egon's family. That's um, the looks there. Yeah, like the the the, the, the look of what you would imagine Egon's family to look like. True. Um, like say, that's just good casting as well. So, but well, uh, it, it definitely is on the wonder watch that when the cinema's back, oh, back open, I won't be watching it on a on mm -mm. on pay per view. It will be a, like a cinema mm -hmm. film. I will go and see. It will be a day day release. I will be there. 
Um, can you not remember a few years ago when there was talk about a Ghostbusters 3 and it was a handing of like passing the torch down to the next generation, the next generation going to be Paul Rudd, Seth Rogen, um, someone, it was someone within that clique. Right. I don't know if Franco was involved in it, James uh, Franco, but it was, it was <laughs> that would have been travesty. That would have been Ghostbusters high. <laughs> How high can I can Ghostbusters get? But no, it was like it was Seth Rogen and his group of friends, and it was that's how it was going to be like a passing of the torch down to them. Right. And that was a few years ago, and I was dead excited over that. So you can imagine when they said Paul Rudd was going to be in this one, I'm like, I'm on board. I love Paul Rudd. I give him so much crap when I worked at um, Nerd Feed for the Ant Man film. Really? Oh. Yes. <laughs> So I wrote a full article of Ant-Man, why and why, why we shouldn't be bothered about him, because what, like, who gives a shit about right. Ant-Man? They've not brought Hank Pym in to the, the starting of the Avengers, so why would we give a shit about a secondary character like Scott Lang? And I'd made this massive article and said, I'm not watching the film, F this, I'm not doing it. Ended up watching it and I absolutely love it. It's in one of my one of my tops. It is. I had to write a full retraction <laughs> on how fantastic Paul Rudd was as Ant Man and how we should give a shit. And if I actually did my research, Ant Man was going to be the third film in Marvel's first phase, but they couldn't do it because of the creative differences with Edgar Rice. Yeah. Because they still used his script. It was it's still his script for the film. That oh, he, and you can, yeah. can clearly tell. If yeah. you know Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright, <laughs> sorry, if you know Edgar Wright from like Spaced, yeah. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and yeah. he was just off the back of Shaun of the Dead when the, because that's that was phase one, was mm -hmm. Iron Man, Hulk, and Ant-Man. Well, was, didn't they have like, in the early concepts of uh, the Avengers had Wasp actually mm -hmm. In the group, because when they're doing the spin round scene, they had a tiny little wasp there. Yep. I'm sure I saw so, they like drawn up. It was on. It was comic. It was the first Comic Con that um, Marvel went to to show off Robert Downey Jr. That was mm -hmm. what they were doing. And Edgar Wright went. Um, John Favreau was there, obviously, but and I can't remember who directed the Hulk. And all three of them were there, showed the concept art, and then Downey came out at the end and was introduced as Iron Man. Um, and that, that's how the Avengers would have started. But they obviously had to go down a different route because literally he was on the back of Shaun of the Dead. Mm. And Hot Fuzz was coming out. Yeah. And it had to be pushed back and then they had to make changes. And if you want to know all of this, I listened to it with Kevin Feige on what used to be the Nerdist podcast. I think it's called Idiot or Idiot, something like that. But Kevin <laughs> Feige went into great detail of the first phase of Marvel and how easy things changed. We've totally yeah. got off topic there with like <laughs> when I'm a complete Marvel run. <laughs> Expect that to happen a lot, don't worry. <laughs> Number one Marvel fangirl right here. <laughs> so speaking of Marvel, that's a nice segue. Mm. The Loki trailer. Yes, very exciting. Like I say, again, more time travel. Um, with but Loki. The time travel is all, all the little break-off things that was hinted at in Endgame. All the little... Uh, multiverse, shall we say, that's basically going to be introduced in Doctor Strange as well. But I think it's going to have a big hint in as well because 
I know they haven't announced the villain for Loki yet, have they? Isn't it him? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Is he not his own <clears throat> villain? Because I know in the new Ant-Man and the Quantum Realm, it's going to be mm. Kang the Conqueror. But there's Is room. It? Yeah, yeah, Kang, Kang the Conqueror has been announced. Um, he's been cast as well. I can't remember the guy who's playing it, to be honest. Mm. But, um, yeah, so he's, he's rumoured to be playing a part in the Loki. <clears throat> as as a background figure, so oh, all the things wow. that's going wrong in time is not just down to Loki. It's supposed to be down to him as well. So I think oh, it's going to have Jonathan. a bit of a quantum quantum fe- quantum leap feel. Jonathan Majors, yes, is going to be playing him, and he was in Lovecraft County. Yeah, that was it. Uh, yeah, that was a bizarre thing. Never finished it. No, never finished it. We watched the first, we watched the first few episodes. Thought it was absolutely brilliant, and then just completely lost, lost off. It was hard to watch. Oh, it wasn't an easy watch type thing. It would come out like say, I think I would try to watch it straight after Watchmen. Oh my yes, we did. We oh how good. Sorry, deep dive again. How good was Watchmen? Um, I was ah like say my wife Nicole. She argues against us because she didn't really like. She's well, I love the comic books and. It's mm-hmm. been quite fearful to that, even down to the, the squid, which I uh, think shouldn't have been taken out of the Zack Snyder um, Watchmen. But <clears throat> again, not to go off segue, but I thought it was brilliantly done, well acted. Casting, one of the Jeremy Irons was cheering the scenery with most spectacular wear as well. Um, Regina, was it Regina King? Regina King. Yeah. It was the best bit of television I saw last year. I never, I didn't want it to end. That end, spoiler alert, but that end credit scene when she, um, <laughs> walk. Uh-huh, I was like, oh my shit, that was amazing. I, was, I just hope they don't do fantastic. a second season because they're not perfect. That's it. Mm-hmm. No, nope, that was it. We had, I had to double check them. Like, there's no intention of doing a second one. That was literally it. Hmm. Um. Uh, Alan Moore cannot have a problem with that. He still will. Even he, though he's sitting in his own dungeon, everything. arguing with his own little beard, saying that's not his vision, <laughs> it's not how he likes it. It's, it's, like, he just doesn't like people touching his work, but he put but, it out there, didn't he? he? He's unfortunately he's prone to be picked up by anyone and everyone because Zack Snyder got a hold of it. Ooh. Yeah. I don't mind the Zack Snyder one. Like I say, I'm, I'm the one that owns, the, I think, the nine hour cut where it's got like basically. <laughs> Um, I don't think it's that long, I was, uh, but it's got like the black black seal in the cut in it as well. Is it the black seal or black? Yeah, I wouldn't, I would not be surprised at all if it was nine hours. That man can put together a film very beautifully, but e good god, his storytelling and editing can be. Hmm. I think visually. All these films he's done look beautiful. Like if you look at Sucker Punch and Stunning. stuff like that, but story wise, it's always been near the number one. Piss I'll say yeah. it, it's been Piss Pooer. Like 300, like say, I'll, I enjoy watching it, but it doesn't make any sense when you're watching it. Like watching The Miz, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then you can, anyone can fight us on that one. Yes. So yeah, Loki looks interesting. Um, when does that start? June? Um, it's after Winter Soldier, isn't it? So I don't think they'll be re- releasing because you had the theory that uh, you think Natasha's going to be in it at some point. So I'm sorry, but look at it on the trailer. He's sitting, he's sitting next to someone mm-hmm. with Natasha's hair, but it's Natasha's hair in Infinity War. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's Natasha's hair in Infinity War. It's not the long cut that she had for um, Endgame. I do think, I have strong opinions that, that we are not done with Natasha Romanoff yet. Mm-hmm. And I hope not. Yeah. I really hope not. But I, I think her death was, was warranted in Endgame. Yeah, it's just a shame that they're getting the Black Widow film after she died, like it's a prequel. It's the only yeah. misstep Marvel's made in like the films so far. Because I, I think, like as we discu- had a discussion the other day, um, that should have been the first Marvel female-led story. My, Miss Mar- uh, Captain Marvel, like I say, I, I enjoyed, but it would have had a bigger impact if we had Black Widow back then. Yeah, I loved, there's many reasons I love Captain Marvel, One of, and there's many reasons I don't race the, the the film doesn't come in to me top five but that was the the design of carol um the fact that kelly sue was actually like kelly sue's work is in there so i'm a huge fan of the um 2013 even 2012 actually kelly run kelly sue de Connick's run of captain marvel when she changed that from miss marvel to captain marvel mm-hmm. And I'm a huge fan of that. And there was a lot of that pulled through the story. And obviously Kelly was actually in it for a brief second. Yeah. Um, so I would love that. I just, Brie Larson, there's just something about her. I just, she doesn't feel like my Carol. <laughs> I still like her in a way. I, I know there's a lot of fans that don't feel it. Like when she's got a haircut short as well, again, it looked forced rather than actual. Like, it's, it, it's like, like getting a, a square peg and fitting it around hole type thing. But yeah, I still I still love it from uh, community. Like I say, a, a small role that you played in that. But uh, no, but I think it was a bit of a misstep of Marvel. I know what they were tr- trying for. They, were, they needed something big to combat DC's release of Wonder Woman. But we need, we also needed that in the MCU as well because there was no way in God's earth that they would have been able to get to defeat Thanos without her. Yeah. They did really need her and they had to get her in there somewhere and it's almost like they forced it in the middle so she could come into the, the end. I think, looking back, and... If they missed out Captain Marvel, it wouldn't have been a big miss, but they would have had it brought in Adam. That would have been... I think I would have preferred, I think I would have preferred Adam. Yeah, I think that I would think have been... Because when they hinted out with Guardians, if they managed to do it somewhere, that would have been... The link-up, I think, would have worked better. But, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think Captain Marvel did feel a bit forced into the Marvel Universe. Yeah, the, the slot that I in to make sure she could be used at the end. Honestly, if they used Adam Warlock in Endgame... I would have bawled my eyes out. <laughs> I, I, I read Infinity. I, God, I read Infinity Gauntlet years ago. Mm-hmm. It was like the Everest. I like like Secret Invasions at the moment is me Everest because I just cannot get past certain pages, and I keep putting it down, and then I keep going back to it, and I have to start again because I can't remember what's just happened, and that was like Infinity Gauntlet for years. Mm. Until Adam Warlock came on the on the page, and I couldn't put it down. And I wish I, I could to... get like that in Secret Invasion, but I can't. He's he's got to come into like say Guardians three at some point, in some way. But there's going to be so much in Guardians three now with everything that's going on. So 
Oh yeah, Thor. Yeah. Oh, I'm so looking forward forward. Blah, blah, blah. So looking forward to Thor. Love and thunder. Taika Waititi is just. I'll let you pronounce it. I'm not even going to try that one. Sorry. Well, Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. He's there. He's completely done a 180 on Thor because mm. Dark like Thor. The first one's R8. Dark World. Oh my God, that film is so bad. And it was like Iron Man 3 and Thor 2 came out at the same time and me and Anth were like, that's it. We're done with Marvel films. This is it. <laughs> the, the don't give a shit. Um, Shane Black absolutely ruined um, Iron Man 3. Yeah. The story was absolutely ridiculous. Thor 2, couldn't even tell you what happened because it was that boring. And Jane Foster, oh, Natalie Portman playing Jane Foster is such a bad idea hugely bad idea and then Winter Soldier came out mm. and it totally changed and everything from that point onwards has been absolute perfection. The only thing I'm disappointed about Thor Love and Thunder what the pictures I've seen the Thor's went skinny again I was quite liking the tubby Thor and gave me something a bit of inspiration but no, um, it looks like he's, he's reverting back to either he's been to the gym or he's, he's having some kind of weight loss treatment while, while he's been with that the Guardians. Was, that was the one thing that really bothered um, me and Anth about Endgame with Thor, because we thought he was fantastic, that he looked like a proper Viking with that beard and the braids and everything. Is when he put his... Um, oh, no, it wasn't Thor. It was Captain America. When he picked up... What do you call the hammer? What's the hammer called? I can't pronounce it. I can't pronounce it. When he picked it up, he didn't put on, he didn't get the Asgardian clubber. He didn't get the Asgardian thingy on, which he, which he would have because he picked it up and was worthy. And if you notice, that's what Thor did when he picked up Stormbreaker and the hammer at the same time. Right. He changed into total Asgardian armor wear. Captain America should have done exactly the same. Oh, I'd say I have my team, and that was when. Thor got that. That was him turning into his battle wear. Because they, they always say that Asgard is part sci magic, part science. Because mm. like, even in Thor films, when he's got ready for battle, I know the armour changed through the different films. It kind of came. So I don't know if it was part of like, being worthy or was it just his battle wear? I just thought it came with a hammer. <laughs> As part, so get hammer, get, get outfit, come with it. Get hammer, <laughs> get armour. Uh-huh. Um, the one, there's one thing I'm not looking forward to in Thor, and you've probably heard it in my voice with Natalie Portman, mm -hmm. Jane Foster. So they've ruined it by saying that Jane Foster, that Natalie Portman will be Lady Lady Thor. Yeah. And I say that with the funny ears. Um, will be Lady Thor. The one thing about that comic run was the fact that we didn't know who she was. Yeah, that was the exciting part, and then the reveal at the end that it was actually Jane Foster the whole time, mm -hmm. and in her normal body when she's not Lady Thor, she's dying of cancer. Yeah, is being completely and utterly ruined for people who didn't read that run. I wonder if they have that aspect in the film with the, the whole cancer part because that was a huge part of the comic. Um, Massive. Yeah, Jason. Jason Aaron. I'm reading um, Thor the God Butcher at the moment. Mm -hmm. And I read the Lady Thor one because Jason Aaron is a phenomenal writer. And I read the Lady Thor one when it first came out. Mm -hmm. And 
I remember I was I was getting I was like I went in and out with it. I would have my moments where I would pick it like I'd have to read it straight away or I could wait a few weeks. And it got towards the end and I needed to know who she was. Mm-hmm. And then that that reveal was massive. Yeah. The fact that it was Jane Foster the whole time and the ruined it. Yeah. If but, people who don't read comics are not gonna know that that was Jane. Yeah. Now they do. <laughs> it's gonna be a strange one. Like I say, there's so much going on, especially like I say, as I said, with the Guardians and Thor, are they gonna be like back to back sequels for each other? Because the Guardians are gonna be in the Thor film. But then you've got, like I say, Christian Bale is the big bad guy in it as well. Uh, Valkyrie's oh, making a return as well. So there's a lot going on. And like, Massively. apparently the rumours are that the stories for Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is about Rocket's Maker. And I've heard a rumour. I'm hoping this is right. But, but if it's wrong, I'm going to be a little bit gutted that Mark Hamill's going to be playing character that uh, created Rocket. as like a mad scientist mm. type role. Oh, my God. Mark Hamill in the MCU. That would be absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm, I think I read it oh, over a year ago when I think it was when James Gunn had either got sacked or was coming back because he was leaking stuff saying they're still using me script even if they don't if he don't um, direct it and stuff like that. And that them a little bit tidbits are coming because it's supposed to be going the, th- the the full circle. It's like showing like all. Like how they were created, and how it's supposed to be a rocket story. The next one about. I love Rocket Raccoon. <coughs> I love him in uh, Marvel versus Capcom. I always pick him <laughs> for my team. He's fun. He's fun. Um, right, we're going to move on. We're going to move on. Move on. Just we're going to go into the basically what are you watching, Paul. What are you watching um, at the minute? It's a few things. The few new things I'm watching. Like I think everyone in the dogs watching Falcon and Will Winter Soldier. Um, like I say, I'm, after the last episode, I'm more engrossed. I'm, it's it's sold us a bit more, but it, it was a hard slog for me. I know you you've been the Winter Soldier fan. I love like it. Say, this was down your straight straight away, but absolutely. But the whole premise, like I say, uh, there's aspects I want more from, and there's given us bits where I don't really want. Like I said, I know the. I would be happy if it wasn't called Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'd be happy if it was just called Winter Soldier. And uh, <laughs> just went into the whole Bucky backstory. And, Bucky Barnes, the Winter yeah, Soldier. That his, have been his story in this is so interesting and complex. Like the whole looking back get and that. getting flashbacks. And when he was at, like, say, having that date with that Chinese girl and not that Chinese little restaurant. And you realize, yeah. like, say, he killed that, that, that old man's son years mm. ago. And he's, he's got to live with the mistake. Well, not mistakes, the things that he was made to do. And It's like, it, with, with Bucky, it's almost like he's, just because he's been um, given the, what's the word I'm looking for? Where he's been given a pardon by the president. Mm-hmm. That, to him, is not his redemption. No. He's, just because he's got that pardon from the president doesn't mean that everything he did just disappears yeah uh-huh and i think it's him trying to find peace with who he was mm-hmm. and trying to work out who he actually is yeah um and i thought that was evident when you saw the flashbacks like he still sees tony's mommy still sees tony's dad he's still there's re- there's still that there that yeah. that regret there 
Well, the thing is with, with Bucky initially as well, because I know everyone says Steve Rogers was the ultimate soldier, ultimate nice guy. Steve Rogers wouldn't be as half as person he was if it wasn't for Bucky looking after him and, and Steve taking Bucky's traits on as well. And that's the combination that probably... Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Did you not see the deleted scene, the deleted scene from Avenger, um, the first Avenger? No. So there's a deleted scene in there where it's after Steve's mum's funeral. Mm-hmm. And he's going back to his apartment, and him and Bucky, talk, him and Bucky are talking about what happens next. And Bucky is like, "Well, I'm going off in the army, but until then, I'm going to look after you. Mm-hmm. I'm your, I'm your family. Yeah, you get your stuff, and you're coming home with me." And he was, he was, you are right. He was there. Steve would not be Steve Rogers, the nice, the nicest guy on the planet, <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for the influence and the love and support he got yeah. from Bucky uh, yeah. and his friend it's definitely his friendship the even the scene that the most famous one where he says I can do this all day it was Bucky who he, he knew we could he knew we could keep fighting him all day but he, yeah, he but had to separate it somehow <laughs> no like that that's the aspects I'm really enjoying and, and I know that there was a new trailer that came out I think it was yesterday the mid-season trailer for I've not watched it right because it not all the clips are pretty much in it uh, are things that's happened in Winter Soldier so far. But the mm-hmm. end bits, like about a 10 second clip, is in like a warehouse and it's got uh, John with the shields. And uh, we're going to get names because last time we did this, we had no names and that was very bad on our part because we should. <laughs> John Walker. John Walker, yes. He stand there with the shield, and then Bucky and Sam standing there, and John looks at them and goes, "You don't really want to do this." And Bucky just turns around and, "I really, I really do." So <laughs> I will literally f you up. Yeah. But that the, the last episode was brilliant. I mean, if Sebastian Stan does not get some form of recognition for his acting in that one, because it really, as much as we saw Sam doing what Sam does. Because mm-hmm. he can relate to people. Yeah. And I think that's how they, they work well together because Bucky doesn't have that, that that communication with people where he can be on their level because the likelihood is he's probably seen worse shit than what you could ever imagine. So he can't get on other people's level, but Sam yeah. can. And I think that's how why they work really well together because what Bucky lacks, Sam has, mm-hmm. and he needs it. And they really focused on, I mean, Sebastian Stan showed his acting chops with that scene in Wakanda. I bawled my eyes out for him when she eventually, because Anth was going, it's not going to work. It's not going to yeah. work. And I'm sitting there, the, the tears are just building, building, building up. And the minute yeah. she said, you're free, I just, oh, <laughs> you are free. Well, the thing is, on the hint with that, though, he is going to get reactivated towards the end. I know we've got two episodes left. Um, 22. 22 it's a shorter run this one yeah so um, we're not getting Ooh. the full um, like say the like one division thing but um, I think either in the last episode or the episode before he is going to be reacted back into and he's got but he'll have to beat that programming so then that'll be his full circle being worthy oh, of the shield circle. and stuff yeah. as well because I still think but he should get it I don't think he will that's who I want to no. I don't think I, I. I think he deserves it, um, mm. and I think he 
he understands what it means to have yeah. it oh, um, but whether or not but whether or not that goes to him is another thing because you've also got sam who and this is probably more a testament to bucky's character that he was fine for sam to have that shield yeah because he didn't it's think he like, deserved it that's the thing the things he's yeah, done he thinks he can't be that symbol yeah and you can tell he's looking for he's looking for validation because he wouldn't have brought up if Steve was wrong about you, does that mean he was wrong about me? Yeah. It really means something to him that Steve believed in him. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, if, if he if he didn't, he, and he give up on him because he always used to say, "I can't be worth this much to you." Yeah. And he, he really was. I kind of getting choked up thinking about him. I love that. I <laughs> That's love what Marvel does. It. it gets like say it's not just like a show that we've watched from things. Like say this is nearly over ten years worth of TV or mm-hmm. films or things. And I and mean, then if you go back then, like how many years have we read comics? This is like say our like our basic bedtime stories we used to read and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> this is the things that used to get us through. But um, the thing I'm enjoying the most, like I say, Captain's and Zemo is, is um, absolutely phenomenal. And so Captain he, was Zemo is... we, he was the bad guy we didn't know we needed. Yes. Because that guy is fantastic. Small pedo vibes, giving the children sweets in the last episode. <laughs> just just throwing that out there. <laughs> Someone compared it to Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Right. Ah. Because Turkish of the Turkish Delight. The, the, the queen yeah. of the Turkish Delights. She asks, um, Ed, is it Edmund? What yeah. would you like? And he says Turkish delights, and she he, he was gives him the treats to the sleigh. Yeah, uh huh. But do you do you have any clue what his end game is? He doesn't want the se- the the soldier. What do you call it? Secret the soldier. Serum, no. But he, he doesn't, doesn't want, want any superheroes at all, does he? No. But no. where's he going with it? I don't. There's so. If there's only two episodes left. There is definitely a season two in the works. Oh, 100%. This is the one that can carry on. This is the one Mm -hmm. where Marvel can pick up and say, go into different avenues. 100%. WandaVision, you can't do a second WandaVision. Like I said, the emotional journey you went through in WandaVision, that that was one and done for me. You And you needed it. You needed the explanation ready for Doctor Strange because I think that's where everyone is saying, well, it's Endgame. I I think you're going to get some aspect of Endgame Mm-hmm. But it was never going to be in one division. It wasn't about that. It was about them two, and it yeah. was about her pain. And you need to understand her pain, ready to go into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse. Yeah, I'm trying not to be like say, with one division. I was <clears throat> like I said, I was telling you, I was texting me mate Sean every five minutes saying this is going to happen. We're getting Mephisto this week. Mephisto's coming next week. <laughs> I was I had that many bloody things. I think I was 60 guesses only got one thing right. And as Sean kept on texting us to let us know how useless I was at these type of things. But um, I'm trying not to be guessing too much on Winter Soldier. Like I say, the things that I think is going to happen. I still believe that Sharon Carter is going to be the big bad. That's still, in my eyes, she's going to be like the big player in the, behind the scenes. Um, I like that idea. I do, and it's only because I really don't like Emily Van Camp. I'm uh, <laughs> really not a fan of that woman at all. I don't. I had to be honest. I actually haven't minded her as Sharon in this one. But mm. when you watch her in Civil War, there is a line she says at Peggy's funeral, and I literally want to put my hand through the screen and smack her head off the um thing she's reading off. She yeah. turns to Steve and says, 
Um, and that's why I never told anyone we were related. Nobody would put that in an effing way, in a funeral speech. Yeah. Nobody. But the, the weird thing is as well, when Steve, Steve has his little thing with her, kisses her, and then um, it goes back in time in the end game, I think, what's going to say to her? Oh, by the way, I had a bit nick on with your granddaughter that you that you were that must be his, his granddaughter. That's what I said to Ant. I was like, oh, you'd be well and truly pissed off if you were Sharon Carter right now, wouldn't you? Knowing that he preferred our auntie over here. So now it's got like you a wouldn't whole, want to, you wouldn't want a gun home. Now you've got a whole Star Wars situation. And it's like, did Luke nick on with his sister? Now did he knock on with his own granddaughter? Oh God. <laughs> It always reminds us of fanboys, that argument. That's yes. like fanboys is one of my favorite films. <laughs> it's whenever I'm feeling a bit meh, I always stick fanboys on. It's and it's the sister is sick fuck. It was his fucking sister. Did you know that? Oh the guy who one. does the Goldbergs wrote yeah. fanboys. Yeah. He's also doing fanboys too. Oh dear. I what's going to be about the new sequels and how bad they're <laughs> also, I love it at the end when they're all sitting there and he just goes, what happens if this is really bad? It was for the fandom minutes, <laughs> that one, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we Seth all went through that pain. That's for another podcast, so, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> so let's now go on to the main feature, which is our top five and... Have you changed from the other day that we did this? No. <laughs> no. So we did, we, we recorded this um, Sunday and first time. It was fun. I had so, I really did have fun. Like it's, it kind of ignited us ready to, to do more. I loved it. But no, I didn't change my list. Did you? No, no, it's still the same. Still, still, I can say it does. Well, After talking about them, it kind of reassured that why they were my favourites as well. So if that makes yeah. sense. It does. So let's act like we don't know what the list is. <laughs> I'll change the order for you, shall I? <laughs> yeah, let's mix it up a bit. Let's okay. go with your first first choice, randomly picked. So we'll go with the oh, first Oh, sorry, one. I should say, hang on, hang on, I should say, this is, we might have done this before, we've not told anyone what we're doing. <laughs> sorry, we've entered the matrix now, we've went all meta, it's fine. No, this is our top five all-time movies, so every week it'll be a different topic to give a top five on i thought i'd go in easy for the first week and just do top five favorite films which we've proven is not easy because our lists oh. have changed multiple times yes um and then each week it'll be a different one next week i'm hoping to give paul something a little bit harder to think about um but for this week it is top five favorite movies go paul what's number one we'll go over the first one um mm -hmm. like i said a little bit different to what I chose the other day, but I'll start off with this. You just wanted to do that. Yes, so Jaws is my, I'll start with Jaws as me, as not me ultimate favourite. These are in not any particular order, but Jaws is always going to be in my top five. I watched it when I was far too young. It was probably one of the most scariest things I've ever seen. I still get scared watching it today. Um, just the whole intense part of it is just the build-up. It, it, it is terrifying. And like I say, for a long period, and like I said, I've wrote about this, I've talked about it, I stayed away from any type of large amount of water for a long time. Even swimming, <laughs> swimming baths was terrifying for a long time. 
couldn't Which get one? Out the legend center. The legend center, yep. I wouldn't get out the shadow end. The legend center. But um, yeah. You couldn't get me out of the diving area bit. I wanted to try and touch the bottom. No. Never could. There was always a shock, or in my imagination, there was always a shock. And like I say, living at Down Roper as well for a long period, only a stone's throw away from the beach, I would not mm-hmm. get off the sand during that film. Like I say, watching it now later on, I can appreciate it for different things. Like the whole cast, like say, and the acting parts of it is amazing. Some of my favourite scenes, like say, when they're all sitting on the boat, giving showing the scars and and doing the like singing the songs. Like I say, it's just show me the way to go. To go. And the little, the little things that you don't really notice when you're younger as well. It's like this, his little son sitting on the table mimicking what he does. And you can tell his dad's, dad's stressed out about everything that's going on. And it just takes the pressure off him a little bit. And you just see like the human aspect and the whole aspect mm-hmm. as well. It's a terrifying film that scares you with music, most of all, because you don't even see the fucking shark till, no. <laughs> till past the three-quarter mark of the film. Oh, uh, my best encounter with Jaws is, sorry, my hair has just <laughs> done my head in for the last two minutes because my camera's flipped. So I kind of see where my hair's meant to go and I'm trying to sort of, sorry, I'm trying to sort <laughs> it out. Um, my first encounter with Jaws was the ride in Florida. Mm-hmm. So I did the, I did the ride in Jaws, I did the ride in Jaws, I did the Jaws ride first. <laughs> and then came home and my mum was, my mum's put it on. My sister has still not seen Jaws, still not. And it's only, and I don't know what it is, but she's still not watched it, even though, I will pester her to do so because it's such a good. It is such a good film. It really is. Even if you take the like the horror aspect out of it, like just for the performances. It, would you class it as a horror film? Yeah, I would. It's terrifying. It's like say it's not like say the general. It's not your conventional. It's like horror, a monster really. film. Yeah, so yeah, I would class yeah. it as a horror. Mm-hmm. Well, my first one is a horror film. I'm going to go with The Exorcist. I can see why you like it, but again, it's, it's, it's a hard one for me because I, I don't love it. I don't think it stands up well. I think it's, it's well written. But Mark Hamoud will disagree with you because he's wrote shitload of books and a footload of documentaries on why it is one of the best films ever made. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> But he will he will argue of how it is really good. It's it's got an excellent story that mm-hmm. makes you terrified because it's not it, it is pretty much a could, simple good versus evil type situation, isn't yes. it? Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying it could actually happen, but it could actually happen. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like and at the time that's scared it. What scared me as a kid is the not understanding the reality of what I was watching. So to explain it properly, Silence of the Lambs is one of my favorite films and it's not on your list because I completely forgot about it if I'm honest. (laughs) So it's probably changing as we speak, so. (laughs) But it is is one of my favorite films because I watched it when I was 10 years old. I'll never forget it. I was at my friend's house up in Pensha. I was having a sleepover. We'd been like, I'm not a, I don't play with dolls. I've never owned Barbies. I don't, I've never had how I am right now is how I was when I was a kid I've never done girly kind of things and 
we were, she had all of our Barbies out and I just was not interested in the slightest. And I went downstairs to see what our dad was doing because he was watching a film and he had Silence of the Lambs on. Mm -hmm. And he had, he, he had to explain to us what a cannibal was because I didn't <laughs> understand what a cannibal was. So learning 10 years old what a cannibal was, I got a trapped nerve in my leg. I was that scared of Hannibal Lecter because of what he did. <laughs> I got a trapped nerve in my leg yeah. because I was that scared of him. That's the first, that scared us more than anything, but the exorcist also scared us because I'm, I don't, I'm not, ex I don't exactly have the best, I don't have a great religious background, but I do come from a time when religion was put in schools. Mm -hmm. So you, you did the whole God and the devil and heaven and hell and yeah. that, that kind of stuck with us when I watched The Exorcist. Mm. I think the but, yeah, problem with The Exorcist that was built up when I was younger because I was, um, I, like I say, it was during the whole band movie phase where like say, you had The Exorcist, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Driller Killer and all them types of films that you could not get your hands on love of money unless you, you oh knew God, that, a, a little kid down the street yeah oh no, uh, that little kid a little kid down the street <laughs> that, that, that had all the snidey uh, vhs's and you used to like, give your pocket money to lend uh, to lend the video for, for a weekend and stuff and when i finally did get around to watch it like everyone built it up saying it's going to be this terrifying film and scary like i think there was choices in it that was very brave the whole getting Linda Blair to go through what she did at that age was horrific and probably has warped her. There's probably been a few therapy bills <laughs> because of that film. Yeah. To, for the, uh, well, she but, won't talk about it. She, yeah. won't, she won't talk about it. She does not like being um, associated with it and she will not sign anything that has any reference to the existential sign at Sweet Dreams, okay. which is more Robert England's sign-off, which she keeps very quite like a distance away from... The Exorcist, even though she'll go to horror conventions, yeah, all of all of the money that she makes off them conventions goes to her um, Pitbull Foundation. All right, and it ha she'll you'll be given a fact sheet, and it'll yeah. tell you all of the films she was in, and The Exorcist is not on there. The last thing I saw her in was uh, I think it was a cameo in an episode of Supernatural. <laughs> this is what I don't get. This this film made her and is. Given and put, I mean, fair enough, it might have put her in a genre that she didn't want to be in. Yeah. But was it her choice though? Because what was she, 14, 13 at the time? Yeah. So she has like really distanced herself from it. But mm. it, The Exorcist and Silence of the Lambs are two films that scared us because it's, it just, it almost felt like too much like real life. That's the yeah. point I was trying to make earlier. It's not Michael with a mask on, it's no. not Freddie with that heavily done makeup on or. Mm. Jason with the the hockey mask on. It's 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 real people experiencing mm -hmm. something real, whether it yeah. or not exorcism is someone having a mental health breakdown. <laughs> Do you know <laughs> what I mean? It's yeah. still re realism gets us. And I'll always remember me middle nephew watching Shaun of the Dead of all films, and he was petrified, like he was so scared mm -hmm. of Shaun of the Dead, and I couldn't put my finger on what it was and it was the realism of it yeah it was too, too real. real it was too it was home couldn't take out the fantasy type thing uh-huh mm. it wasn't set in america where everything to us is very different looking it was our architecture yeah. our grass our our accents um, mm. it, and it really really scared him 
and that's the same with the exorcist it's just it's too real in yeah. a way for us even though i know the supernatural elements and also i'm if if a film is made in a way that is practical mm-hmm. i am all over it yeah. and the exorcist is no exception everything down to the voice of Regan mm-hmm. when she's possessed is by a lady who smoked 60 cigarettes a day and drank raw eggs to get that yeah. voice um, and Regan herself the the look of her the makeup of her and the the puppetry mm-hmm. they even use puppets in it yeah. as well well, um, I think you, you mentioned the other day as well about the like the little things in the backgrounds that you liked about it, how the, the little yeah. dangers was always hidden in somewhere, and like you can yeah. actually, t- I think if you look online as well, you can it'll tell you exactly where to go, where to find it, so you can keep an eye out as Wait. well. I've seen it a million times. Halloween night, I always watch it, and I actually last um not last I got married in two Halloween two thousand and nineteen, and the night before me me wedding. I did Terror in the Trees, so I was like up a height anyway, and came home, me and my sister, (laughs) me and my sister watched The Exorcist, because like my sister loves the film as well, so me and her watched The Exorcist, like it was Halloween technically, because it was after midnight, Um, and I got scared shitless because I saw the devil pop up in a place I'd never seen him before, and I even had to say, are we watching the the uncut version where the spider walk's going to come on? Yeah. Or, and it wasn't, it was the, the normal version. The spider walk wasn't involved in it. And I still saw a bit that spooked us then. What was it said on the screen? Was it the PG-13 uh, <laughs> version where you don't even see your head spread around? <laughs> What's the point? What's the point? If you're not going to see the head spin, if you're not going to see the crucifix scene, what is the point? <laughs> Stupid babies. Right, go on, what's your next one? Next one. Um, just loading it up. Sorry, I mistake. It seems to be working slow now. Um, next one, I'll go with a little bit of a different genre. Not quite different, but going back to my emo days, um, The Crow. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it, it is. emo days, my goth days. <laughs> it's, it's one of them things where I didn't get to experience The Crow initially when it first came out because like, I, I was too young to see the other pictures. I think I saw it when it was on uh, Sky Movies, at the, the 10 o'clock Saturday night pre- premieres that used to be on. Um, and just being totally amazed by the film. And this is before I even finding out the backstory about how he died during the film, like Brandon Lee, and like the sadness to the f- actual film. But it was, because at that time, there wasn't many comic book a- adaptations that came out. Like, see, so you had the Christopher Ray Superman that makes you all grew up with and where we believed a man could fly. But this one was like a dark and very um, violent type take on, on like a comic. And like say, even the actors, uh, Ernie Hudson as well, was the heartbeat in the film. Like say, if you take him out of it, I don't think it would be nearly as no. as good. And again, with being like me emo and goth and rock days, like say, I loved the soundtrack as well. That was one of the first films where Brilliant I noticed the soundtrack before... Um, like say taking it all, all in but the, the, when you watch the film as well it's not a happy film there's so much sadness and like say the heartbreak of them like of going through the pages and like say going through the film yeah. it, it's in, like saying the devil's night and um 
it's grief that's what the film is yep. it's it's all it's just to do with actual grief mm-hmm. and if you can put yourself in that position i don't think i could put myself in that position you've been you've been taken away from your loved one and you get to come back mm-hmm. why would you not like and then to die in that way why would you not seek revenge i totally get it i'd go if shit <laughs> if i had to come back <laughs> dig yourself out of the grave as well Oh my god, yeah. I didn't, I've just checked the date there. It came out in 94. Mm-hmm. We, we were just starting secondary school. Yeah. The year Kirk Cobain died. <laughs> I'll always remember it. Mm-hmm. But the, the bad guy in it, I'm um, trying to think of his name, um, he's a British actor. He was in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves as well. He's British. He's not British. I'm sure he is. Michael Michael Wincott. Wincott. Just have a look. I might, I might be wrong. I always thought he was a British actor. He's Canadian. Canadian. All right. I, I, that's kind of British. They, they, they've got off. They took. They come come from us a little bit. <laughs> Terrible, yeah. But yeah, Michael Wincott is is not utilised enough for that voice he has in um, for bad guy roles. Yeah. I would I would like to see him in a Marvel role. I think you would be an excellent Marvel bad guy. Mm, who would you say would play though? Because that's I'm trying to think of like the Marvel bad guys. It would have to be like a Marvel. Um, mm. might might go out there, Doctor Do. Victor, because that's like say you're not using his face, using his voice a bit. Using his voice, uh huh. Mm. Oh, not interesting. Interesting. He's a he's a good actor. He, he and um. Michael Messi, Massey, sorry, who played Fun Boy. Mm. Was it Fun Boy who did the fatal shot? Because it was, I'm yes. sure it was Michael Massey who did the fatal shot that killed Brandon, Brandon Lee. Yeah, um, yeah, it is him. Yeah, I don't, he was, was really uh, messed up after that. Mm. It's he's, interesting because like there's so many different stories that came out. I can say there was bits when you read about him that they left the, the shot in that he, when he got shot. But it was that, an accident. Yeah. It was a pure accident. Hmm. Yeah, he got he, he went through a lot of shit. Like not not personally, I think more holding himself accountable for it. Yeah. Um, but took it really bad. I, w- I remember watching interviews with him, and hmm. he just he cannot talk about it. It was it. It's what it was. It was an accident. There was nothing sinister about it. There was nobody. The bloody Japanese cartel weren't after anyone <laughs> because of his dad and no, shit like demons, that. Like, the Bruce Lee curse and stuff. Yeah, it, it, was, was just it, was just, it was a shame. Like I know we're talking about someone's death and saying it's a shame. But, uh, it's, it's it was a hard tragic. thing to take. I, I still can't believe that they actually finished the film, though. That's the thing with with having that, that happened like that. It was the. It was. Do you know what? It was reshoots. Was it? So I yeah, oh you say you love this film. <laughs> I've probably watched every known documentary on cursed movies, on cursed people. Mm. Um I listened to a podcast called You Must Remember This and she did a she did a, an episode on Bruce and Brandon Lee. Mm-hmm. And her if if you ever want to listen to a really good in-depth podcast, and I have a loads, but if you like your true crime, she does an excellent um five-part episode of Charles Manson it is unbelievably phenomenal the amount of research and detail she even puts things into story she uses character actors to Mm -hmm. and it goes from Charlie's early days yeah to up before he died and it covers everything it is phenomenal but she did Brandon and Brandon and Bruce Lee 
Mm. And um, she said, I think it was on her podcast where she said, like, um, what was it? Oh, I can't remember now. I got too much wrapped up in the Charles Manson thing. I completely forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> It'll probably come back to us later on. <laughs> Actually. Um, yeah, it, no, that was it. Reshoots. Reshoots. It was just, it was, everything was filmed. It was just the reshoots that they needed to do for certain angles. Um, and that was one of them. And that's why, because they, they said Johnny Depp filled in and yeah, a lot, a I heard all of people. little things that, that came out. Is this... It was just scenery scenes that they needed. So a mm. lot of people filled in who were just his height. Yeah. That, you know, the, that's all that they were doing was just the final reshoots and touch-ups. And it happened. The film was already done. Mm. Done and dusted with like the main parts and all the um, vocals and stuff were already completed. Okay. Oh, cool. It's a good film though. Still makes us want, like, see, I haven't watched it in a while, so it makes us want to go on back and see it. I know one of the lads I talked to, Stephen, Stephen Crover, so he used to go to college with us. He's obsessed with that film, like, massively. Because I was sending him pictures, I've got the crew as a Funko, and he was begging us to sell him it. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> He's not in here. He's in me, I think he's in my living room. I've got a statue of him. <laughs> um, and under this bed, I have a very old... Um, it looks like it's from the 90s. I want to say he's a doll because he's everything about him is soft, but his head is rock hard. All right. I would, I would cast him as a doll. I used to have the, the McFarland figure years ago, but I think I lost that in a few moves. The only McFarland I have because the rest of them, I used to have them on, I used to have quite a few of a couple of um, Predators. Mm. For some reason, I love Predator, I love the first Predator. And that's it. I still like the second one. Predator yeah. 2 still holds, holds okay. I've never seen it. Really? But I have a lot. No, I've never seen it. I have a lot of... You will come to learn this, Paul. <laughs> I've not seen a lot. <laughs> I've seen too many, so it's fine. <laughs> if you ever get a chance to speak to Carolyn, she will tell you how, much, how many films I've... I've got a list, actually, in somewhere. I actually wrote down a list of films that I've not seen. Um, what was one of them? I, I ticked off the list. Willow. Hadn't seen Willow. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm I I still going ahead with the TV show. I heard that, yeah. like, that it was supposed to be cast. I could, I could imagine that being one of my favourite films if I watched it when I was growing up. My mum's convinced I have seen it. I've never seen that film. Um, and I loved it. Around about the same time as Master of the Universe as well, I think. Well, I had to watch that. I was a huge He Man fan. But, but, but talking about not watching films, like you mentioned Beth the Tattooist, Bethany, uh, we always take the piss out of her because she hasn't seen absolutely anything. Like her, her husband, Joe, literally, we just go, they've got a tick box now and they're trying to tick off all the films that she's never uh, seen. But um, she's useless for not watching films. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless her. Well, Beth, well, we can join the same crew because Carolyn gets really frustrated. She doesn't even bother asking if I've seen it now. She just tells us to watch it. Um, Willow was what Top Gun was another I crossed off the list last year. Um, the Warriors because it's me, it's me dad's favorite film. Now, when I when I said to you last time that I, when I grown up I only watched two films, I generally mean that. Oh, uh, War like see, I got Nick to watch Warriors. I think it was last year, and she absolutely hated the film. <laughs> oh, it's, dad, it's one of my dad's favorites. It's well dated, like I must say. Yes. But Willow was, but I loved it. 
I just couldn't stop saying Matt Morgan. There's <laughs> <laughs> the goat. <laughs> I'm Matt Morgan. And I just kept shouting at the all the time. Bless him. Um, and he hasn't Bless killed him. you yet. He's doing well. <laughs> well he's, had, he's had a chance 14 years. He still hasn't done it. So he ain't going to do it now. Right. Are we ready for the next one? Yep, it's your turn. Well, I'm going to mix this up because I put this as my last one last time and I'm just going to get it out of the way away. <laughs> Steel Magnolias. That absolutely wonderful film of friendship, Dolly Parton and diabetes. That's, I think we've had this discussion. Like, I, I still haven't watched it. Um, I know of the film. I know it's got Julia Roberts in. Um, Sally Roberts, as well, is that right? Olympia, Olympia Dukakis. Mm. I can see her name now. <laughs> Shirley MacLaine, Dolly Parton, Sally Field, and Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah. It's all all Southern redneck. She was my lady's trust, Daryl Hannah. I loved doing anything she was in. Crazy people, what a fun. <laughs> Never seen it. But there'll be more I've, in only it, seen, I've only seen Splash the once as well. Even though I got really excited over the um, reunion of Splash. Did you watch the reunions on? And um, with Josh Gad on YouTube. No, um, I, I stayed away from it. To be honest, it wasn't something that uh, I think I did watch the Tiger Whack Tiggy talk, uh, taken uh, take on Jim, George, James and the Giant uh, Peach. James and the Giant Peach. I absolutely yeah. love that, but I stayed away from it. See the the reunion ones, just because like, yeah, I'm worried in case. The, I know, but just in case the like, say if someone comes on and they're an arsehole, it, it's, it'll they're spoil not. you. <laughs> The Goonies is how I found it actually. The Goonies was on there. Um, mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings just made us cry because the Lord of the Ring, oh, Lord of the Rings is so special to us. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's not in my top favorites because then I would have to pick. Then I would have to pick one of the three, and I can't pick one of the three. <laughs> but it's so special to us. It's what got us back in. Because if you read me uh, me article that I did on the website, I talked about how I used to be a nerdy kid like massively nerdy kid. And then teenage angst and gothness caught up with us and music just became my life. But Lord of the Rings is kind of like, well, bridged the gap a bit and it was there. And because of it, I, that's how I started to get back to the love of all my other things that I liked. The music was just a secondary secondary thing, but it's so special. But yeah, I cried my eyes out. They, had, they did... Um, Sean Bean was class. I don't even think he knew where he was at half the time. <laughs> like, am I going to get killed in this? <laughs> <laughs> um, he was, they had to do, they didn't have to, but they were asked to do lines from the films. Right. And it was Liv Tyler when she did, uh, um, when she's stopping the ring rates from getting to Frodo and she speaks in Elvis. Oh, it just bawled my eyes out. <laughs> We'll have a discussion about Fargas another time. We'll have a whole yeah. Clerks 2 moment as well, so don't worry. <laughs> Did you say Clerks 2? Yes. There's only one Jedi, uh, one return, and it's not uh, Return of the King. <laughs> the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, have that, we'll have that debate at some point. So, yeah, Steel Magnolias is one of my favourite films. I've loved it since college days when it used when Sky Movies only ever showed it on a Tuesday afternoon. Um, and it's just followed us since. It's just a pure, it's probably the one true girly thing I hold on to is the, the friendship side of it. Because I always like, I've, I have a lot of 
my, my mom actually gave me one of the best compliments the other day. She said, I'm a very good friend. I sometimes don't say that because I can be quite a selfish friend sometimes, but I still have, it's, it's, I don't know if it's a testament to me or to them, but I still have the friendships from when I was three years old. Like my closest, my oldest friend who lives around the corner, we're still best friends now. Um, Emma. Known her, Emma, Nikki, and Claire. Emma sucks. Emma's literally just been on the phone to us, actually. <laughs> but Emma, Nikki, and Claire, who I've been yeah. like best friends with since college days, we're still, I don't say we're close, but we're still in contact with each other. Me and Emma are quite close, but um, the other two, I mean, we've got lives now. We're like in our basement, and <laughs> <laughs> we've got that. But Steel Magnolias is like a reminder of friendship. Yeah. There we go. I'll stop prattling on about it. You can go oh, on your next fine. one. <laughs> so leading on to the one about friendships is a good little tie-in. Um, I know I kept this to last, last last time, but this time I'll just include uh, the Goonies. Um, similar reasons uh, to what you've discussed. It's not as a, a sad sad film and stuff, but to me, it's a film about friendship and, like, say, having them friends. Um, yeah. Again, I've had this discussion many times with a lot of people. No, it's not the best film. It's not even like up there, like say when you watch it, think it's amazing. But when you watch well, that as a kid. Like, not until you described it the way you did the other day. Hmm. I didn't, I never thought of the Goonies that way. And now I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> but that's the thing though with, with it. <laughs> if you watch it as a kid, it's amazing. And mm-hmm. to be honest, like say the whole inspiration for the, the website and what, I, what we started doing for this was from one of my friends, Julie putting a post on Facebook just saying that she was going to watch The Goonies with her two little ones for the first time. And mm-hmm. she videoed it, she took pictures, she bought um, an older son, uh, I can say a, a Superman t-shirt. So when Sloth uh, rips his t-shirt, he didn't know about it. And like, he was jumping up for joy thinking he was part of The Goonies. And like, see, they were hiding behind cushions oh. and scary bits were happening. It's like the whole part of the adventure. Like when you watch that as a kid, it's amazing. I know... Looking back now, watching it now, it's not really <laughs> correct. You don't really treat, treat uh, the, the disabled or the handicapped by locking them in cellars and tying them with chains, um, or make the chubby kids dance and, and make and, and like the, the Asian kids are good with tech. Uh, <laughs> it's all kinds of wrong types yeah, of stereotypes. Yeah. But as a group, you you wanted them to, as your friends. You yeah, wanted to you have wanted them type to of adventures as a want- kid. Exactly, exactly. You wanted the friendship, you wanted the adventures. Mm. It was so special. And it, it's why uh, the likes of Stranger Things and mm. the second and it, the mm. new it work for, for our age group because that's what we grew up on, like yeah. that and Stand By Me. Yeah, Stand By um, Me. Like I said, that was always a close one for me. The Goonies and Stand By Me. Stand By Me felt like an older version of the Goonies because just like kids. Used a bit it, more felt, it, it felt a bit grown up, didn't it? Yeah. And like River Phoenix was uh, like smoking and... Um, we want to find a dead fucking body. <laughs> Not no treasure. They were just going to find some dead kid. Uh, Bill Wheaton has one of the best lines in that movie. Is so... <laughs> we told you had a fat you one. Cheap... <laughs> no, what was it? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime dime star hood. And then was it... Then River Phoenix turns and says, who told you what a fat one? Fattest one in five counties. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I, 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 Stand By Me is a good one. Mm. Is a good one. Right, moving on to cool. what's next? Oh, my Jurassic Park. 
that's about yes even just saying the words you can hear the music can't you though <laughs> anthony was um anthony anthony was playing this jurassic park simulation game literally just creating his own jurassic park oh. every time i came in the room i would just be singing jurassic park and just making up theme songs around the actual jurassic park music i actually have a music soundtrack on my spotify playlist and Jurassic Park, the theme tune is on there about three times. Mm. Because and it's like nearly six minutes long. Yeah. It's a, it's literally me taking ants to work and coming back again and listen to the one Jurassic Park song. But I put it on there three times just in case it doesn't come on while I'm in the car. I love it. I absolutely love it. The first one, obviously, for obvious reasons, but what we were talking about on the last was when we did this before, the second one. Mm-hmm is absolutely phenomenal i really it's phenomenal i really enjoyed it ian malcolm is one jeff goldblum is just amazing he's absolutely amazing he's a very odd actor like i say the roles he's he's taken like even going back as far as the fly and stuff like that he's never been conventional it makes me eyes water thinking about the fly (laughs) i don't like it i don't like it it just it's it's horrible. Mm. I don't. There's, there's two like two films that make us feel sick. Signs of the Lambs is one of them mm-hmm. that makes us feel sick. Like physically, I want to throw up in my mouth. Sick and the fly. But think about Jurassic Park. Like, when you even just say the name, it, you think about because like where are the age group when it first came out in the cinemas? Like I remember going for that family trip to the Metro Center. Like say, my dad tricking us, saying that we were going, taking me and my brother to see Bambi. Um, so basically, uh, still find that story so funny. Just off standing in the queue, then open the doors, then then like I say, you see, see Jurassic Park coming on the screen. It, it, it was magic. That, you get that raptor scene at the beginning as well. Yeah. Shoot her. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's not shooting Bambi, Bambi's mum either. No. My my first viewing of it was on pirate video. I'm mm. um, sure my granddad thought he was getting a documentary when he got it. Um, yeah, it was literally the first ever, first ever pirated VHS I ever watched was Jurassic Park because I was hugely, I was telling, saying, well, me and my sister were talking about this the other day because it reminded us like how much my granddad influences, influenced me with pop culture, Mm -hmm. like wrestling. My granddad was a huge wrestling fan. Like I grew up on the English wrestling and then when he got when he got Sky, like when he got like more channels, he could um, he could watch the American one and we used to watch that. And I, I was heavily into wrestling when I was like 15, 16, 17 years old. Like massively into it and it was because of him. Um, but like Star Wars, him, Braveheart. <laughs> this is why, but Mimi Grande, Mimi Grande used to watch Braveheart all the time. <laughs> it makes no goddamn sense. Was it Scottish, was it? <laughs> English. <laughs> Oh, we're definitely English. <laughs> um, me, me name now is Scottish, but no, we're, my dad's like my my side of the family is definitely English. Um, but my surname is does come from the clan Bruce mm. of King Bruce. Oh well, yeah. yeah. I say my surname. I've had it for two <laughs> years. <laughs> um, so yeah, the- Jurassic Park's up there for me. I love it. It's just. It's it's I think the 90s as well with Jurassic Park. It was the Herald that brought on CGI as well. It made 
because uh, I think a lot of people had used it in films to a degree, but that was the yeah. first one that was used that we say was successful because it was mixed with like the animatronics and stuff. But like I said, there was no yeah. way you could make that film without CGI type thing. No, I, I, to I totally agree with you. There is a lot of practical effects in there, um, which I love. But the one that, and we were talking about this on the group the other day, the animatronic that they used for the T-Rex. Yeah. There was a, I don't know what it was, just his head, or it was a, or it was his head and his arms, but there was a full scale version of the T Rexes. But I don't know to what extent was it full, full, or was it just parts of them? Yeah. Um, and he malfunctioned in the in the rain mm -hmm. and set up his, his sequence while everyone was having dinner and set up his running sequence. And I can't. I, I remember reading a, a, an article about it, and I was like. Holy shit! There was an actual like it. It, it gives us a re another reason just to love this film was the fact that they did actually for all the use CGI and the advancement in it mm -hmm. to make it look as realistic and not as plastic as it it could have been. Like yeah. if you watched Jurassic Park three, it's really plasticky. Yeah. Um. Even in Jurassic Park two, there's some moments where it's like a bit questionable. It's like almost Harry Potterish. Mm. I think the Stegosaurus when Julie Moore, Julianne Moore is, is it Julianne Moore? Julianne Moore. Moore, yeah. Yeah, she was rolling about in like the little river riverbed thing where that that looked like a, a theme park ride type thing rather than an, an actual yeah um, like in Jurassic Park when the raptors chase you, you think fuck. I'm, so I'm you've not been you've, games. <laughs> you've been to Florida. Yes, I have. You've yes, been, done the now Jurassic Park ride, yeah. Yes, I've done the Jurassic right. Park ride. Yeah. So in Animal Kingdom, there mm -hmm. is a dinosaur ride called Journey to Extinction. Yeah. You been on it? No, I don't think that one was there when... Um, so... Oh, the one when I, I remember was the dinosaur one, like the actual one from... Might have been actually, is that the one from the Disney film where it was called Dinosaur? Mm -hmm. Yes, because you get flown about in a little car to go back in time and stuff. Mm -hmm. I remember that one. The T-Rex that comes out here. Yeah. To the side of you, and he's absolutely fucking huge. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it. So, the one at the, the actual Jurassic Park ride, though, the, the one at the end where you, you're expecting the drop, you know the drop's coming, and you see the T Rex coming, and you think, oh, fuck. He comes through about here, and then you just go down like that. Yeah. With Journey, with the, the dinosaur ride in Animal Kingdom is used to be called Journey to Extinction. Mm -hmm. And because I used to go to Florida from being like the age of 15 to 22 every year we were there I've seen that ride once in its entirety mm -hmm. and been on it eight times and never seen it again I was <laughs> so scared I used to I've, I've got a photograph of me and my friend and when my friend went and we had Laura remember my friend Laura <laughs> yes I do <laughs> Yeah. There's a blast from we the past. We don't speak anymore. <laughs> we haven't spoke uh, for a very long time. It wasn't. It wasn't. No, we were. It was. It was in college that we stopped talking. But you know, I'm nearly forty year old now. I'm. I'm not being held responsible for the shit that I said when I was fifteen. Um, but no, I. We. There's a photograph of us two with our. Ear, fingers and ears and hands over our eyes like that I've never I've, I've seen it once and that was enough but 
but I couldn't not, I hated being left out of things. Yeah. So I still had to do it. I'm just not going to look at it. That was scary. That was a scary ride. I remember riding Jordan. I'd say the last time me and Nick went, the biggest disappointment was Skull Island. Like, say you wait in the, uh, the King Kong ride. That, oh, it was, was just built. It literally is, in, yes. yeah, you literally wait in the queue for about, well, when we went, it was, wasn't peak time. So we had about 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And the ride mm. lasted about, no minute, no lies two minutes it was so disappointing oh that's a bit of a bitch no it'll be a completely different holiday the next time that i go which we are planning on going um for my 40th and my dad's 60th which is in a couple of years time um which it'll be completely different like i've never seen the harry potter world and i know jurassic park's updated now yeah it's got a new velociraptor ride i think it's called now off other velocicoaster or something Oh, did you see the um the what's the oh god what's the bird dinosaur called? Pterodactyl. Pterodactyl, yes. Oh my god, Ant would kick me in the teeth for that one. Um, especially that I couldn't say Stegosaurus the other day, and he wanted to punch me so badly. Um, the ride, the pterodactyl ride in Florida. It's not a ride. You literally just up in the air and you sit on pterodactyl was, and you look around the park. I was too big to go on it. My dad went on it and was absolutely terrified. No, they wouldn't have done. They said I was too big. They said it was a child's ride. Oh, bless. Yeah. Right, move on to your next one. Yeah, well, I think we've got the combination of the next one. Uh, the Ghostbusters. So, oh, yes, the hassle. This is just I feel like at this. I feel like at this point, I'm just saying the same thing over and over again. Because <laughs> I can't... There's no, I can't tell you how I found Ghostbusters. I can't tell you why I love it for. Mm. It's just, it's, it's just the best film ever made to us. Like, and it's so special to us. Like, it's fun. That I think that's the best word I can describe. Pure fun all the way through. As a kid, we should never have gotten it. Yes. We really shouldn't have. As kids watching it, we should never have gotten it. But for some reason. Ghostbusters and Trading Places were the two films, both with Dan Aykroyd in, the two <laughs> films I only watched as a kid was them To be two. fair, not many films in the 80s came out without Dan Aykroyd in. That's very true. Um, but Ghostbusters is just so special to us. Like, it doesn't matter what fears I'm going through at the time, it'll always be number one. Always. It's... it's like I say, as I was saying before, it is just a pure... You can watch it and you can be in any mood. You can be in a bad mood, good mood, and it's just entertaining. And and I know it's an old, it's, 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 I'm talking an old now. Like I, I was at uh, work about 10 years ago, I'm um, talking to some kids <laughs> uh, about films and stuff. And they, I've mentioned Ghostbusters and they, had, and they said they hadn't seen it. And I, I was like, I felt old, but um, to me, that doesn't feel like an old film. That wouldn't have bothered us feeling all about it. I'd have been furious that they didn't know it. It's on Netflix, for God's sake. Uh, <laughs> I think this was before Netflix was a big thing as well, though. So. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I think that's on, what I've me. mentioned before as well. If you take out all the jokes and all the comedy aspects of Ghostbusters, you've got a fucking scary horror film as well. Because, like I said, that library scene, I dare anyone not to get a shock or not to get shit themselves when yeah, that ghost turns. It is absolutely shit your pants scary. But it's also like for me, it's not just the it's the, it's not just the film, it's everything that I got from it. Like 
Mm. It, I grew up with an older cousin who was in the Star Wars and He-Man and Transformers. And because of they, it was the only connection I had to someone around my age. I was into Star Wars, mm. Transformers, He-Man. She-Ra was one that I took for myself. But I was into all that because he was, he heavily got us into to what you just, class awesome toys um <laughs> they were his he found them he found them he loved them before i did i literally was just jumping on a bandwagon and it mm. wasn't until ghostbusters and then the real ghostbusters i got something for me yeah and it was like my collection and i always remember um e paul what was the the shop the toy shop in sunland called joseph's joseph's <laughs> if I every other Saturday I'd go to the town with my grandmother, we'd go through the market. Yeah. Not Jackie went to the market, but the one oh, the open market next to the, next out from the market. EBC. Yeah, so we used to go in there, Gran used to get all of our tea towels. I remember a lot of tea towels. Um but go and get our stuff and if I was good, I was allowed one thing for my Ghostbusters collection. Mm -hmm. Now whether it was a it, it, it generally never was a figure because I would that they would be like a big Christmas present kind of or yeah. a birthday present. But like you know, remember the little miniature ghosts you used to get? Yeah. You used to go on your finger, like a jelly uh, ghost. You used to get them. You can either get them pack of the ghosts, or you actually got them free with the figures as well, because certain yeah. figures came with the uh, little ghosts. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you always used to get something from your Ghostbuster collection and a bag of monkey nuts. Because I remember I get me tonsils out and having to stay in hospital overnight and. My mum and dad got us a present because I used to love the Ghostbuster figures as well, like the real Ghostbusters. They were always quite quirky. They were a little bit like Transformers, where the ghosts would turn into normal people. They bought us the. Can you remember the policeman whose <laughs> jaw dropped? The jaw droppy ones, yeah. Yes. Uh, it was a yellow uh, bug that turned into the praying mantis. Yes, uh -huh, I had that. So that was, the, that was the present I got for getting my tonsils out. I still remember it. But you used to open it, and then after three times opening it, something used to snap off. Because, like I say, the figures back then weren't always built to last, shall we say. <laughs> no. But now that Ken has brought out the... See, because my collection... Oh, such a sad day in my household. We moved houses um, when I was 15 from the house I grew up in to the one where my parents are still at now. Mm -hmm. And we, me and Michaela had a toy a toy cupboard. It was an <laughs> old Aaron cupboard. So can you imagine the size of it on the inside? Yeah. It was that used to fit a boiler in it it was huge and my and my sister's toy collection was in there my mum one day went in and cleaned the whole thing out i didn't well, have a chance to save anything funny enough a lad that like, see, i've been friends with for years uh but you like, see when i started up the, the group on facebook he's been in touch with us a few times and uh, he's called gavin gavin james um he's like I say, once I've got everything sorted with the house, he's going to be responsible for mine and Nick's divorce. Basically, he's got me onto this Facebook page where it sells all the retro old toys and retro what? Star Wars figures as well. Um, like I say, when you go on, people are just, it's basically like Facebook Marketplace, but for retro toys and how to find them and like sell them bits um, of them. You can get me on that as well. Um, but like I say, his collection, like I say, he started collecting, I think it was about a few years ago, but he's got like the uh, Millennium Falcon in, in box. 
he's just been getting a couple of the Bucky O'Hare figures as well. But um, like you see, he's a really good lad. Um, he's been having a good laugh with us on, on the Facebook page as well. But uh, I'll, I'll remember once we're done, I'll send you yeah, the link for it as well. Though that was so, I had um, some life changing alterations last year, and what I had planned for the next 10 years has completely changed. And the one thing I said to Anthony was, Well, I can actually start my toy collection now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> get your priorities straight, Sam. But no, um, that was that was me thing. So, I've got a few things to pay off, and then I want to get because I follow um, a few toy podcasts if you're ever interested in good toy collectors and um, I, I think I got you on that I don't know if I showed you their actual their, their official web their official sorry podcast is yes have some podcast mm-hmm. but they also do a one called toy anxiety these guys are serious collectors mm-hmm. like they this Paul one of their toy rooms is our childhood just <laughs> mushed in there the huge Ghostbusters fans, obviously from the Yes Have Some. Yeah. Um, but yeah, huge. I can't recommend them enough. The, the podcast is brilliant. Um, the collections is absolutely unreal. And they don't just talk about vintage stuff. It's also new stuff coming out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the sad part of it is they're based in America. And right. what they can get over there is not necessarily what we can get here as easy. Like their Walmart, their Target, all have black series figures in them. Like yeah. we wouldn't I get that, that in bloody sim- A little bit similar with comics as well, though. That was the thing because in America, a lot of the older comics were a lot cheaper because there's more stores, mm-hmm. there's more this. But over here, um, you're looking to pay so double for, for what you could get quite cheap, and unless you paid for the delivery over in America, but then the kind of yeah. the cost. Didn't, didn't work out but no that, that's always yeah. been my frustration as well I can say with the American market it, I can say the prices seem a lot of bit more friendlier than they are over here yeah. and it's, it's more accessible these guys have like vintage toy shops in touching distance from them like hmm. it's something I'm, I have noticed a lot more in conventions these days that because I do a lot of conventions um, with Carolyn mm-hmm. and a lot of there's a lot of vintage toy places popping up. It's yeah, but not, not just for the prices, though. I did meet a really nice guy once when we were doing one in oh, I think it was Middlesbrough, and I was just starting my VHS collection, and he had what I thought was the original Star Wars mm-hmm. on VHS, and it wasn't. It was the touch of one, but it still oh. it was a VHS copy. And I said to Carolyn because I. I was like, oh, at the end of the day, I was like, if he hasn't sold them Star Wars by the end of the day, the mine. And he overheard us. And at the end of the day, he came over and went, I put them to one side for you if you want them. So I was like, oh, he, he charged us a fiver for them. Oh, really complicated. <laughs> no, not at all. But they, they do not mess about with their prices. They know what they have in their hands and how rare it, it was once rare. It's now not been so much rare because yeah. Kenner are re-releasing the vintage lines, so they're not becoming rare anymore. But if you want official I think I had this discussion as well. A lot of people now are cashing in on nostalgia. And I know it's always got to be a great thing, but it's like a lot of people now, especially our age, we want stuff to remind us of when it, like, like when we were younger. Yeah. Like, fuck, yeah. most of my articles have been about uh, being younger and, and 
all the films I've watched during the whole lockdown has been, there's not been much new stuff I can take in. It's been revisited, so it's, it's like to remind yeah. you of better times, which um, is, like I say, a positive thing at the that. moment. But mm-hmm. a lot of people are cashing in now, and I've noticed, like, uh, so a few years ago, I used to be massively into the Amazing Spider-Man comics, the originals. Yeah. And some of them weren't that pricey. You were picking up, like, three to five quid a comic. Now, you know, from 20 to 25, like, I sold them at the wrong point. But people, are, like, say, are totally cashing in now because people have got that, like, disposable income if they haven't been affected financially to the point with the, with the whole coronavirus situation where people are looking to spend a little bit more, which yeah. is is a little bit sad. It is. Well, we're going to move on to the last one. You cool. Um, mine is... The 1978 version of Halloween, the original, John Carpenter, The Shape. Um, the shape. Like I said, this film still, still again going back to the horror general because, like I say, I was always been big horror horror fan. Uh, this was my ultimate horror film. It's scary even today. It like it's simple the way it does. You never know mm-hmm. why Michael Myers kills. You just know that he he is unstoppable and he is going to kill someone. He's got William Shatner's face on his as a mask, which is again is terrifying just to think. Uh, having Captain Kirk coming after you, but <laughs> it's just the whole premise. Like the music's brilliant. Um, like I say, the acting again isn't the best, but it, it's entertaining enough. Jamie Lee Curtis is, plays a good role in it, and it sets down ground rules. Like I say, that lasted for like say so many decades afterwards, and what. Yeah. What horror films were based on, and it's to me, president, didn't it? Slasher, yeah. like slasher, is my favorite genre of horror, mm-hmm. and it, it 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 just raised it set the bar, didn't it? Of mm-hmm. what you need, what you need in a good horror, like a good horror slasher film. Yeah, and it didn't overcomplicate it as well. It was quite simple, so it didn't yeah, need this kid massive backstory. Cool. Saying uh, Michael was abused, he was a naughty kid. It was just like. Basically, he didn't do Rob Zombie. He did. Oh, uh, <laughs> not go there because that, that was. Uh, yeah, so I wasn't a fan. It's, it's one of them things where they think they have to explain why someone does something. Yeah. It's and the fact that we have, have to think about it makes it more it's, scary. It's psychological horror. It's like it's it makes you think the, like the the viewer think as opposed to being having it explained. Like I love Kevin Smith very much very much but he does not like to explain the back end of things sometimes yes. and sometimes you just don't need it like simple is better and i get what you mean by halloween it's it's easy it's an easy watch mm-hmm. it is pretty terrifying like to think that this person has nothing behind them there's no motivation it's not aimed on revenge or anything else other than pure evil and he's just pure evil. Yeah, what I like about it as well, there's not many films you could watch in a group and enjoy, or watch by yourself. You can watch like I can go, like say, I have a few hours, put Halloween on, watch it, be thoroughly entertained, and like I say, but get a room full of friends, all you're watching it, all reacting as well. It works both ways. There's not many films like that, and especially like no. say with it being as old as it is, um, I I would dare say I would get like any teenage person or I'd say someone a lot younger than me watch it for the first time and they would enjoy it and be scared by it as well 
Well, here's one thing I didn't ask you the last time we did this. Mm -hmm. What did you think of the new one? With I did enjoy it, yeah. Uh, the the guy that, oh, the guy out of, I've come, totally forgotten his name. I know we're trying to get the names right, but uh, <laughs> <I can't find laughs> it. it was, um, it was part of the whole Franco and um, This Is The End crew. He was, um, what's he called? Or oh, I'll have to look for it now. Like he, was, Danny McBride. Danny McBride, that's the one. He was the one involved with it. And I thought, when I heard that name, I thought, oh, this is going to be awful. And I saw the yeah, trailer. And and the, you, thought, McBride and you, yeah. you think shit because to be honest his work like, even though he is funny like say when you look at the films he's been in they're not top caliber films like how high is, but, yeah. your highness <laughs> your highness that's the that's the shite even this is the end like say entertain it is and he plays a good mm. part it's not really what you would say as a memorable film that you'll that you'll always go back to type thing no, but no. what but I, I think, think he's done really well with it though how they just mm -hmm. cut out all the shit that went out afterwards when, right, this is a direct sequel to the first one. Like, nothing else happened. And they got rid of the whole Laurie Strode as Michael's sister. That was all bullshit as well. So, again... It was never confirmed that there was that there were brother and sister. It was only speculated. Um, it's a direct sequel to the second one. So the mm -hmm. second one happens in this universe, but that's it. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I remember watching that we... If you, I used to do YouTube reactions um, to trailers and Halloween was one of them. And there was a genuine reaction. Me and Carolyn hadn't watched it beforehand. We never did. We just reacted to what we were looking at and we did the Halloween one and it's where the door closes and we're saying to each other, there's someone behind us. And then it happened and we both screamed at the same time. <laughs> um, there was a genuine reaction there. But when you think Danny McBride, you do think funny. And I was exactly the same. Watching the trailer just took that preconce like that preconception of oh, Danny's just going to come in there and try and make this funny. And it, it you don't think that's going to be the new going forward because Jordan Peele kind of opened the door for that uh, with his oh. take on like I say the horror genre because like I say he's been like say the films I love like Us are absolutely like, even though it got a bit confusing towards the end. I, don't I still think it's yeah, a good that's, film. That's it. I don't get Us. Mm. I don't get it. The end really confused us. But get out. Yeah. Me and Ant, we actually me and Ant would just watch Hereditary, so we right. were up a height to start with, and then we were like, right, we're in the mood. Let's we'll put we'll put get out on. E Paul, our hearts were racing. Tell you what, the end with the when yeah. you think that's it. You think it's done and dusted with because you know what's going. You know what Jordan Peele is aiming at with this film, and you know. The, the racism that he was getting at and the fact yeah. that the police car pulls up, we were like, that's it. That's it, he's done with. And the fact it was his fucking friend who got out the car. <laughs> I was never being more relieved. We could, we were not, we couldn't breathe by that point. We were like, oh, that's it, he's done. And then his mate gets out the car. Jordan Peele totally shot the shit out of me on that one. Yeah, but that, like I say, it could be a new comedy thing, but if you wanted to do like, a, a head fuck of a film, I don't know if you've ever watched it, have you watched Midsummer? No, and I was very much put off by it. And I, I tell you why I'm not about, I don't like it. Do you know what it reminded us of? Mm -hmm. It reminds us of 70s horror, like The Wicker Man. Yes, it's very much in the vein of The Wicker Man. That's what I was about to say. Kirsten's having a I don't like that type of horror. I don't like the. Um, 
it, it really reminds us of that 70s feel of devil possession and devil worship and witchcraftery from the 70s. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. It's, um, but I have heard it's quite good. It's hard to watch because, like, see, we accidentally watched the director's cuts. Um, like, see, when we walked down, like, watched them on the, mm-hmm. on the streaming links, and um, it was a long film. And you, but the thing is, though, you, it's there's elements you think, oh, this is getting boring. And then something happens, and you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? But this keeps you engrossed. But it's it is a head fuck of a film. And if you've got like mental illness and stuff like that, it it it's got so many triggers in. So exactly. Yeah. But if you like the yeah, horror genres yeah. and stuff for a modern horror, it is well done. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, like besides comic book movies, horror is my favorite genre. Like, hmm. I, I ab- I absolutely love. Do you know what one of me my favorite horror film actually is? Because I love slasher films. Slashers are my favorite. I think they really do. Like, no horror film scared as in yours, but oh. Fucking love Scream. And they flipped the script. Yeah. Drew Barrymore dies in the first 10 minutes and you never saw her come. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember, again, another film I watched on VHS copy. <laughs> and me and my friends watched it and then decided, so we, we watched it. I tell you, it was Christmas because it came out at Christmas and it was either just, it was, it was in the holidays. It was either just after Christmas or just before it. Um, definitely leading into the new year. And we watched it at my friend's house and then we all dispersed and said, right, we're going to go home for tea and we'll come and see each other later. I lived, so where I live now is where all my friends lived. And I actually ended up moving about five minutes down the road. And my friend Catherine lived over the road and we walk on home. By the time I get in the house, bearing in mind, this is not a mobile era. Um, Catherine comes running over to mine about five minutes after she's been in saying that she's getting dodgy phone calls and that someone's going to come get her. And I got a phone call at my house saying, pretend that you've just gotten a dodgy phone call and that you, you've been told that you're number six. And Catherine comes running over and went, I've just been told I'm number five. And I was like, oh my God, I'm number six. We had to put an end to it because our mum was going to actually call the police because we were given that dodgy phone call. Because again, it was not a mobile era. Um, but Scream, I just, yeah, absolutely loved it. Look, it's not on my top, but I do love Scream. So, oh, so moving on to your last pick. My last one is Endgame and yes. it's just for the sheer reason that it was it was nearly 10 years worth of commitment, investment, love and passion and a complete and utter payoff at the end, for me anyway. And it was I'm, the ultimate I'm, fan service to anything, any, any Marvel fan or oh yeah. anything that you've wanted to do. Um, because, yeah, I, no, no shall I, I love Endgame. I've watched it a million times. I do, mm-hmm. however, have a few issues with Endgame. That's why it'll never be in my, like, say, top five or probably my top ten, being honest with you. Yeah. Um, like I said, the, I, I, it, I get it. I do get it. I mm-hmm. get the um, the reasonings behind it. It isn't perfect, but, no. but it is for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I can understand why. Pleased. Like I said, there's, there's elements of in Endgame that, had me crying that had me standing up cheering but yeah. the whole the whole my big issue I'd say I'm, again I think we talked about it before I'm never a big fan of it in films in this one I thought was a bit of a cop out using it this year was time travel um, looking back yeah. there's only been two films in my eyes that's done time travel well one Back to the Future which is mm-hmm. one, that, one that dropped out in my top five for Ghostbusters <laughs> and the Terminator films well 
the Terminator one and two. But no, um, them are the like say, done time travel well. So don't overcomplicate it, just keep it simple. Yeah. Well, this one, I know why they did it to break into the whole multiverse and the, the different lines that's going to be coming off our crap and because of what they've done by going back in time. Mm-hmm. And also, again, like I say, I know the women movement at the moment is, is taking flight and all power to it, but the whole girl power scene in Endgame was so forced and was the most cringeworthy thing I've seen in a long mm-hmm. time. Because yeah, like I say, I think we discussed like as well, if you look back over the last few years, watch how the Mandalorian did it. That was a very girl power moment at the end of the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. which felt natural, wasn't forced down your throat. Yeah. But this one, it was kind of like, didn't make sense. It's like, oh, this Captain Marvel's going to get the gold glove. She's going to need this help. Yeah. Why would all the benders step aside and let, let, <laughs> let the women take charge? Uh, see, I t- do you know what, though? It's, it's a moment where I feel the filmmakers felt the need to do it. But what they didn't realise is that they naturally did it in Infinity War mm-hmm. when... Wanda and Akuya and Black Scarlet. Widow yeah. uh, all together, mm-hmm. and it ha- that is a natural progression of she's not alone because it literally was just it, but it wasn't a case of every single woman cast member come on and have this forced thing. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm all obviously I'm all for for women having their place, um, but they didn't need to do it as forcefully as what they did in that moment and it made it cringy and it made it you ruined an opportunity yeah you could have you could have had a sequence where you just saw all of the women fighting mm-hmm. yeah or just plan for the battlefield and like say yeah, pick out them as the main, main things uh-huh. like as the main focus it didn't when it comes to you don't need to have the the idea is that this shouldn't be an issue Mm-hmm. Should, the women should have just as much screen time as what the men do. Yeah, do that in your big in your big fight scene. Mm. Don't use just all shots of the men doing it. Have all the like have all women fighting with mm. them, like and but don't. Oh, yeah, I get. I do get what you mean with that. Bit. That on, though, on the other flip side, my big moment for Endgame is the callback when he's clicking. I am Iron Man. That is. <sighs> ultimate payback it's like you think it takes you back <laughs> to day one and you think yes because that, that was the huge thing is he like imagine go back in your brain 10 10 well it'll be nearly 11 12 years ago and now when iron man first came out and the fact that he, tony stark just went yeah i'm iron man mm-hmm. like <laughs> you didn't know what to say at the end because it's like but it's meant to be a secret identity but it's not some fucking secret now is it <laughs> no but no, that, that was all the thing. But that's the thing with Marvel as well. Like I'll always love and I'll always keep an eye out for is the little callbacks that they do. Like the brilliant yeah. one in One Division when Jimmy Woo's character uh, done the card trick. And you think, yeah. yes, he learned to do it. He tried all his time in Ant-Man versus Wasp to learn it. And he finally oh got there and was like, yes. And when again, it happened, similar when to, it happened, I'll say this to Anne, have I just seen that right? You're going to have to go back. <laughs> the Disney app is not great to go back on, mind. Oh, and I was like, you're going to have to go back. I'm sure he's just done the card trick from Ant-Man and Wasp. <laughs> Again, similar similar case. Uh, I think it was the third episode of A Winter Soldier and Falcon when they're getting in the car. This time Sam's getting in the back and Bucky's in the front. He's going, you're not pushing forward now, are you? And he just went, nope. 
call back to Civil War when he asked them to do it. Again, little th- little things that Marvel do so well just highlights the t- attention to detail. Marvel actually have a department of continuity. Mm-hmm. They have all the, um, like Brian Michael Bendis used to be a part of it and he wrote, um, did he write House of M? Right, yeah. I think he wrote House of M. Um, he's only, he's been, he's a huge, well he was a huge name in Marvel, obviously writing some of the biggest titles that they've ever done, um, but he left to go to DC. And, <laughs> well, Miles Morales is his, his child. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I th- I'm sure he's, I don't want to say it because I could be wrong, but I'm sure he's one of the creators of Miles Morales. I remember him being very happy when the um, when it won an Oscar for right. Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was part of a team that did just continuity. Right. To make sure that these little details all followed on from each other. So there was no mistakes. There was no, like the, the timeline wasn't broken. Right, and they and they would go into comic history and make sure that what was out there was either either the same or similar to what was in the comics. But there was a team who did that. I don't know if they still do, but the, possibly, like say, with, with everything that's going on with Marvel, like say they're not they're not playing around. Everything is perfect. But again, I can see why Endgame is there. Like I say, I enjoyed Infinity War more. As a film, because yeah, I did, I loved Infinity War more than what he did in yeah. game, and it was the time travel aspect that's what got him mm. in like it. But again, I, I wanted something different than just go back in time, get and and fix it. I wanted, like say, I was hoping for more, but we got what we got. Ant-Man. And again, did you want and meant to shrink and go into Thanos's bum? No, but I did want Steve, like I said, to do the famous lines to stand up. I know they kind of hinder when he stood up, got the shield and stood up by himself, but I want him to mm-hmm. use the line, if only one man stands, uh, as long as one man stands against you, uh, you'll never truly uh, win. But Because it kind of like, that's almost like a call, that just give us goosebumps, that. It's almost <laughs> like a call back to Loki before he dies, he mm-hmm. says you'll never truly be a god. Yeah, god. yeah. And it's just another reminder of you're not, you're not, you're not shit, really, mate. Are you? <laughs> you're really not. I tell you what, though, something we didn't discuss the last one. Thanos has obviously been the build-up for ten years. We've got we're, we're going into a a new phase of Marvel with a new big bad. Mm-hmm. Who do you think it's gonna be? I have a. I, mine's but, changed so many times since. Mine's changed. Pretty consistent at the moment. Right. I've gone into three. So mm. with the whole multiverse, like I say, I think Mephesto is one. Mm, right. I know Kang's got already been announced, but I don't think he's gonna be the big bad. No. Well I'm talking huge bad, I'm talking universe crushing. Universe eaten. See, I, I don't think Marvel's gonna go big now because they went big with Thanos. I think they're gonna go a little bit home. So the, the other two that I've been going up through, um, Doctor Von Doom, Victor Von Doom. Mm. So I think, like I said, if they are going to do the Fantastic Four and Galactus and stuff, I think Victor Von yeah. Doom is going to be one of the big ones. Galactus? Uh, Why wouldn't you pick Galactus? That's my big bad. That's who I think's going to. How did you not get it from 
um, bloody earth eating. I don't think. Planet eating. I think it'll be a one and done film. I don't think it's going to be. I don't. Oh, no. I, I don't think it's that much of an interesting bad guy. If you look back in the comics, I think the Silver Surfer is more interesting than Galactus. Oh my god! And yeah, Anth will agree with you on that one. Anth is a is a fan of um, Silver Surfer and is devastated. He's obviously not being done right. Yeah. But um, the other one, I, I see. I, 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 this is what I keep changing on. This is probably me just hope. I think the big bag in the next ones, like the next thing, is going to be more human. Norman Osborn. Hmm. Because they keep saying that the Spider-Man three is going to be the big interlinking oh for God, everything. We're going in, yeah, we're going into the we're going into the multiverse with that one, aren't we? Yeah. So Norman Osborn, like I say, because there's rumours going going about that the old Avengers Tower is going to be Oscorp or the new yeah. Fantastic Four. Uh, hideout but to me it makes more sense i know they've got they've got the eternals and stuff coming up but go a little bit more grounded with the villains because they've done big yeah, they've done I big and bad because yeah. anything yeah, they do I'm, it's going to be gonna, like a, a second the, i'm going to fly the galactus flag mm. but I'll, I'll hold my hands up and see if i'm wrong so i think we should come to an end now we've talked for a while so I'm sorry. <laughs> we will get, you know, we will get to the point where this just becomes seamless and we can do it in a shorter amount of time. But this is our first time. Um, so, yeah, if, if you're watching it on, I, I don't know if, where we're doing it. Is it platform, we can get it up, really. So. <laughs> yeah, the platform you find us on, just remember to, to join us again in some capacity where if you can, can subscribe to it, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. But yeah, next next top five is going to be a little bit trickier than your, your favourite film. No problem. And like I say, if you have sat through and watched that, thank you. And like I say, don't forget we've got a Facebook group, um, mm -hmm. Nerdy Up North Community, and the website, again, I'm still working on it, it's a work in progress, is www.nerdyupnorth.co.uk. Love to hear your Enjoy. feedback, and uh, like I say, if you agree or you think we're talking all the bullshit, so <laughs> have fun. Yeah, well, thank you very much, everyone. Take care. Thanks, Sam, as well. Oh, praise Paul.